my goodness. Welcome back to another episode of 100 Steps to Drag. I am your hostess, Natasha Hundreds. And today, I have a very special guest. I'm obsessed with her performances, with their performances. What are your pronouns? Well, um, <laughs> I kind of go by anything. Like she, her, he, him, they, them. You know, RuPaul always says, you can call me he, she, Regis, or Kathy Lee, as long as you pay me. As long as you pay your color, whatever. And at this point, I will take tip spots, so. <laughs> we will take whatever. <laughs> we don't even have to be paid, you know? She is fabulous. Again, one of my favorite performers ever. Please give it up for Moonshine. Woo! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Girl, I'm I'm so excited. I know this is gonna be a good episode. I'm already laughing. <laughs> let's hope that continues. Cheers. Let's cheers to that. Cheers to <laughs> everyone, wherever you are at work on your commute. Cheers. I hope you're having a fabulous day just as we are. Where did the name moonshine come from? Do you like the alcohol moonshine? So to be honest, I've never had like proper, proper moonshine. I've had like, you know, they sell the jar of like old smoky everywhere. And I've had that before. Proper, like good old fashioned bootleg moonshine. I have not like had the privilege to have yet. Although I have heard there is some girl in Long Beach somewhere that does make some and I really want to try it. Really? Mm -hmm. Is she from the South at least? Yeah, no, she is oh, okay, from the okay, South. Okay. Is she like, she had a brings it or something. Somebody told us this to me at brunch in passing and you know, it's like in one ear out the other. <laughs> she's somewhere out there. If, if this is you, please hit me up. I would love to. Please reach out. Imagine if she's like a hipster, like, oh my God, I'm like artisanal moonshine. I would kill myself. <laughs> That's not what we're looking for. No girl, we're looking for like a bathtub in a mm -hmm. fucking basement yeah. somewhere. If you haven't exploded an outhouse once, girl. It's not moonshine. It's not moonshine. It's not. That's kind of honestly like how I came up with my name was like, I knew it's gonna be very messy. <laughs> so I was like, what's something that like incorporates like very slapdash, very like messy, but still fun. You'll have a good night, but you may not remember it. And I was like, I feel like Moonshine encapsulates all of that. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job of sticking to that brand. You have, because as you're talking, I'm like, yes, check. <laughs> check, no, we're gonna remember it, <laughs> check. How did you, I mean, I know, I've known you for years now, but I don't know how we, how you started drag. I started like, I wanna say I was in middle school and I just like came across Drag Race on iTunes and I was like, what the fuck is this? And you know, it's at that time where you're like kind of questioning everything. You're like, cock makes me hard, you know? Why, why do I keep trying to suck dick? Why am I Googling boys kissing uh -huh. on the family computer? Yeah, yeah, so like I was just very that age of like gay exploration. So I was looking at buttholes and I was looking at drag queens and it just like really clicked. Like the soon as I like, I watched the first episode and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I fucking love it. And I need to be like a part of it. Been one of those things where it's just like, it's always come back to me as a something that like I really love. And so I just kind of knew that I wanted to start playing around with it and stuff when I was like, 15 or 16, I started like, I started like hooking. So I would like meet up with these like old daddies down the road from my street. And there was one guy in particular, he was like this Indian daddy. And every time we would hook up, he would give me money. And then I was like, cause you know, it was the turn of the century, 2016-ish. And I was just like, he would give me money and I would just go and buy Ulta gift cards. Cause I was like, let's just, you know, let's do it. Cause I couldn't put it into my bank account without my parents like realizing. Yeah. And so, 
yeah, I just started messing with makeup from there. And then when I graduated high school, I moved to Europe for a little bit. And when I came back, I came back not to like my home, which is in like the Bay Area, but I came to LA because my mom had moved there at that time. I just started here in, I want to say it was like four years ago. Would have been like, I would have been 19. So it was like probably 2018, 2019, that area. And I did Zochi Mochi's show. She was looking for like a tip spot performer. And I was like, it's yeah, my thing, it's my chance. I was like, I'm in, I'm ready. This is my first time, you know? And you know what, that's what it was. Aja at the time was doing a music video and she was looking for backup people. And so I was like out of drag. I had come to LA to do that and just kind of stayed in a sense. From there, I did Zochi Mochi's show as like my first drag gig. I didn't have any makeup. So I literally bought like tempera paint from the dollar store and painted my face like that. I had this little like neon overalls that I had made. And so I just wore that. I wore no wig. It was like a little balloon in a fucking um, pantyhose from Walmart. Of course, like back then you're always like, as a baby queen, you're like, girl, I'm serving. Like, yes, I'm like, this is the team, mm -hmm. mom. I'm conceptual. <laughs> I was like, I am it. You know, I was like, I'm giving club kid. It's very yeah. Libawi girl. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm the fantasy. Cut to, of course, me finding a bunch of pictures of me like lying down in the urinal. Um, at yeah, I was just like in the urinals there. I got so drunk. It happens, bitch. It's your first kind of a gig. You're excited. Everyone's mm. giving you compliments. Everyone's buying you drinks. I'm like, come on. And I was the girl that would come to the show with a bottle. I was always nervous unless I drank. And so, you know, I'd drink a little in the dressing room and I'd be like, Jenny, you girls want some? I love it. So from the get-go, you knew you wanted to be like more of a conceptual performer. I knew I wanted to be different. Especially over the years, I've definitely aligned myself with people who go a little beyond, I think, the the expectation of drag. And they kind of do their own thing and kind of beat their own path. So like, I knew I wanted to do something more with the art form. And this is no shade to like anybody. Like, um, I just knew I didn't want, I wanted to do more than regular drag because off to a point I was like, girl, I'm never gonna pass. Like, I'm never gonna be, you know, just a regular drag. <laughs> yeah, look, let's be realistic. I was like, I can't reach all my back hair to shave it. So like, <laughs> we are just gonna have to be a hairy queen. That was literally like, I was like, there's no discussion about it. Like I, I physically cannot be like pretty and shaved. So like, it just started kind of from there. And with the things that come naturally to me when I think about making a mixes, it always just ends up being like a fucking mess. <laughs> but I love it. It's a mess that I love and that I want to be involved. Thank you. Like, Every time you perform, I'm like in awe. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> Where do you come up with these performances? I really don't know. Like, I'll just think of shit or like, I'll look at things. Like I draw a lot of inspiration from kind of like either punk sources or very like Dada-esque former drag queens. Very obsessed with like the club kid culture of like the 90s and like special like the New York scene back then because they were just wild and like that was really I feel like a golden time in drag because there was just no rules like Amanda Lepore talks about in her book that she wrote recently where she's like there was once where they had a gig all the way in Michigan and literally like in Michigan they just hired all of the club kids from New York got them on a plane and they were so like rowdy and raucous because they did a they did a like an impromptu show on the plane they all got like kicked off they landed in Michigan and all got arrested and didn't do their original gig because they got just so fucked up from doing this like plane show that nobody asked for. Oh my God. <laughs> so like, I really like, I draw inspiration from that side of just like ridiculousness and kind of like oddiness. Cause I just feel like that's what makes drag so 
beautiful and so unique to any other form of art is because like you're it's it's so original and personal while at the same time it's none of your original work because unless True. you're you know unless you're doing the songs yourself like you're initially like copying somebody else but in a completely different and unique way and that's what i love about it that is so right i love your take on it because you're spot on like it's not your work but it's like through the lens of how you see the world mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah oh yeah, yeah and that's the thing is because when you see like a really successful drag number it sticks with you and in my opinion it sticks with you more than the original like there are a lot of queens that look like j-lo to me more than j-lo does <laughs> literally yeah and i feel like that's Cher. joe well. lopez yeah well <laughs> <laughs> let's not go that far <laughs> i love my sister I love Lady Gaga. She's a wonderful artist. <laughs> what are some of the performances that stick with you? Because, I mean, for me, Meatball is like one of the queens that I aspire to be like. She's like, oh, a hero to me, a local hero. I think Meatball is really, really incredible. She's brilliant. She's so fucking funny. Very like no holds barred, take charge. And I love that kind of drag. Like that's very like in your face. I would say like a couple of numbers in particular. I hate this because I hate this queen. But um, she <laughs> she does a mix of, you know, Operation Sam, the board game. Yeah. Um, she did a mix to that of satisfaction. And I saw her do it. She was at uh, Queen Carl which was the show in like downtown LA like a couple years back and she did it and it was so good it was like she did this whole Operation Sam bit with like Celine Dion's like when you touch me like this wait is this the tiniest uh, uh yeah tiniest, tiniest little skin tag <laughs> Oh, I know, I know, but it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of her anymore, but at the time, when I didn't know her personally, that was a number that I was just like, this is incredible, this is so good. It was beautiful, I, I thought she was amazing, and of course, she's a cunt, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree, I am like, oh my God, that number is everything, because like, how do you come up with that? And like, mm -hmm. the songs are matching perfectly of what you're doing, but I'm like, oh, you're trash. Yeah, <laughs> that shit is very smart. I will say one recently that I saw that is stuck with me is there's a queen downtown uh, named Diana and their partner Sam is a, a drag performer as well. Together they did like a Rihanna number. It was SM and they did it as like, so Sam was the, the fly and Diana was the swatter. And it was so cute because of course like Diana was going over and like patting Sam with the fly swatter and like on the ass. And it was just like, it was one of those ones where it was like very funny, instantly made sense and you could just enjoy it. Like you can kick back and just watch what they're doing. You don't have to like worry about like giving them a dollar or whatever because like they're in the moment they're having that little moment on stage and then they'll come around for the money yeah and like i think that's for me that the big thing when i remember numbers is like there is intent behind it and thought it's not just like a cash grab and it's not just you know a, a one-off number that they're just doing just to do yeah like oh you know what i like this song let's try it out i've yeah. done it but like yeah i feel like when it's intentional it's way more memorable mm -hmm. because i mean i think the audience can immediately tell when you're invested in something and when you're just doing it to do it because like there are some girls who have performed the same mixes over and over again but it's still riveting because they put the same amount of energy and passion and i feel like it's very broad way because like you think about those performers and 
and it's like they do the same show for 10 years plus whatever running i mean nobody ever like stays the whole run but like potentially you know they do it for like a year two years the same show same thing but they still can put energy and life into it because you can tell there's a passion and a care behind it and i feel like with drag it's very evident because we don't have you know the 50 feet from yeah. the stage to the audience like girl you're up front and i'm i can tell if you're pissed or if you're not feeling it that is right. That is right. I feel like as far as numbers that stick with me, one is from the Queen herself, Meatball. She did like this scream mix and every song made so much fucking sense with the script. I think that when she's running from the killer, she did uh, Lose My Breath by Destiny's uh -huh. Child. And I was just, I lost my mind. I lost my freaking mind. I'm like, this is so smart. How does she, oh. I wish I had that kind of like brain power to like come up with this shit. Cause I'm like, I could have never. I'm just a pretty face. <laughs> I wouldn't even call you a pretty face now. <laughs> You're kidding. like, let's not take it that far, baby. Let's just, let's be a little humble. Beautiful gowns. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you're much more than that. I think you're very Thank smart you. about your, your drag and like your sensibility. Like Parody's already said it on the last episode. Your fucking My Humps as Fergie is, to me, will always like stick with me. Like you are the Fergie girl. Thank you. I'm the only person in this world that's obsessed with her. <laughs> Bitch, you rock that ponytail like a motherfucker. <laughs> and the other number that sticks with me is from Godoy. And she actually does like um, this mix from like the Kids Pops, Karen. And she, again, all the songs make sense. It's so funny. She delivers every line. It's so, so beautiful. Godoy is so funny with that number. I remember that. <laughs> At some point, she's doing like the, um, some song and she's like twisting her wig. Yeah. Her. It's so good. I think that's her um, Edna mode, right? Where she does the little like... I think so, too. Yeah. She has so many good numbers. Shout out to Godoy. I need to have her on here. You should. I yeah. should. I should. I want to have a lot of people. The feeling is not always mutual. But <laughs> have you had rejections? Not necessarily rejections, but I've been ghosted. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's just like Tinder, you know? I mean, that is like a homosexual tendency. <gasps> to just... You're right. I never thought about that. I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be more in peace now. I'm like, okay, if they don't get back to me, it's just because of their homosexual tendencies. Exactly. It's not personal. They're used to grinder. <laughs> it's just something in the genetics, you know? Yeah. Side note, I just, I have so much respect for people who do the whole glory hole thing. Like, set it up, take the time, like a full day, or like the, the cum dumps. That organize them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, I'm attending an orgy at this time. It's incredible. It's commitment. That is a lot of work. And like, those are a lot of loads. A lot of logistics. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do you like share directions with everybody? Make sure everyone's like, you know, vaccinated or whatever. It's a lot of fucking work. It, it takes a village. <laughs> I was thinking of like putting on like a glory hole right here, like putting like a, a little like sheet with a hole, but I'm like, I don't know if like it's like a good setup. We had talked about doing the same just like for funsies, but our concern was like the, the apartment is kind of hard to get to. Cause like, you know, they have to get through the gate and then they have to figure out where they're going and like you're off to just drop a load off and head out you know I feel it's like a lot it's of work. Too much work yeah same here like it's a lot of apartments they're gonna fucking get lost mm -hmm. and get a load to the neighbor knock on somebody else's door yeah and, and it's gonna be embarrassing they don't they're do gonna that. steal that load from you <laughs> uh, like, that's my load bitch <laughs> Like I said, I love all your performances. You fucking eat fire. You eat ass. 
<laughs> What's been your favorite number that you've put together? Honestly, I have to say, like, stick with my old faithful, which is my four loco number. For those who haven't seen it before, um, it's like I do Lizzo's Juice song, and essentially at the very end, I take out like an unopened can of four loco, I douche with it on stage, and then I kind of like piss it back out of my ass and then drink it. That's just my favorite because, like, one, it's the pre douching beforehand because I'm like, if I get any of those little like poo particles, I will kill myself in my mm. mouth. I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't want to live for that, you know? I hope that if someone's helping me edit this episode, they are ready <laughs> for this conversation right now. Sorry if you're listening to this. You're not getting paid extra, but we love you anyway. I love you. Yeah. That's a really good... I've never seen it live. You have to do it again, bitch. I can't because a lot of, like, it breaks a lot of health codes. And so the bars are like, please don't ever do that again here like the bars that I have done it at not always appreciative you know from a from a um, audience perspective it's a wonderful number but from like a backstage person's perspective like it's a logistical nightmare so I, I had to kind of like stop performing it I think the last time I did it was a couple years ago at a house party and that's kind of like I kind of hung her up and that was it you know if you want a private party and you want to see the infamous four loco number feel free to book a bitch I'm on Instagram just DM me I want to throw a private party myself so you can do the fucking four loco number. I'm very invested in like trying to take drag outside of the bars and the club atmosphere. Cause like that's kind of one of my, not pet peeves, but like that's one of the things that I really would love to start like a transition in, in the drag world is like being able to have drag come into more of the theaters and more of a like private sphere where you can have no boundaries, especially to like, I feel like the business side of it when you get involved with a club or like any sort of, of kind of outside entity that then hosts you. It's like they dictate a lot of the rules of what you can do and can't do. And it's not that they're being, you know, vindictive or anything like that. It's just like when you're at an establishment that serves food, there are some lines you cannot cross. And that's totally like understandable. They have to cover <laughs> yeah. their ass. Yeah, they want to stay in business. Uh, yeah, you know, so like if they got to cover their ass, you have to cover your ass too. So like that's why I, I would love to kind of see a shift in doing like either private events where it's hosted on you know like private property and you can kind of do with the four yeah. <laughs> the girls can show their buttholes you know things things that need to be done for you know the the world to be level no i get that i absolutely get that i feel like as drag is getting more mainstream thanks for uh to rubble's drag race it's getting a little bit shifted on the opposite direction of that you know as for like oh straight people being exposed to it and they don't always get that references or you know numbers being censored because x y and z it's a little bit harder it's a a little bit harder for example i think that in the last episode with parties that we we're talking about like she wants to like be more out in the brunches i would prefer to be out more in the nightlife because myself i'm more like a slutty performer i love showing my tits i love being nasty on stage <laughs> and sometimes when i'm only performing at brunches i know i can't do that because people's having fucking lunch on there and i'm like they're not gonna appreciate that you know yeah no i definitely get that and i'm i'm in a similar boat i'm like i want to be i mean well hey you know, I'm open for any brunch opportunity that is thrown my way. Don't get me wrong. If you're out here and listening, I do have availability 
for brunches, just not on Saturdays. Please book us. <laughs> <laughs> just on Saturdays. If you have a Sunday brunch, I got it. Uh, especially like with the recent conversation of drag and the whole like grooming pedophile issue, I definitely feel way more comfortable. Like, especially because knowing my aesthetic is to show a little hole, show a little cut cut. I, I, I'm not trying to be around kids. Like my drag is not for children. Respect to you. If you, you know, like there are girls who have, they have the brunches ready and they have the shows that are age appropriate. And I fully support an all ages drag show. All honesty, like my drag just isn't for kids, but there is drag out there for kids. And I do think it's not an issue for children to be seeing drag. Cause especially for me as a kid, like growing up in the Bay area, although I didn't know exactly what drag was when we were out and about in the city, it's like, that's not something you can avoid. Like, you know, you, especially in San Francisco, like I feel like I got a very early experience of just seeing queer people out and about in existence. And it made, I think my journey as a kid being queer, like it made it a lot easier because it was a little easier to comprehend. It wasn't like this brand new thing. And I felt like even though I didn't speak to these people, you know, but just seeing queer visibility, like you get comfortable with it and you understand it a little better. And it, it makes more sense to you as opposed to somebody who's just like not ever seen it. And it's, it's shocking, right. you know, you're preloaded with this info. It's just sad. Like I, I feel like a lot of people, if given the opportunity, they would learn to understand it. I agree because again, I feel like a lot of the people that's driving this conversation of like oh drag is not for kids or whatever have not been exposed to a drag show and it's all based on like their preconceptions of what queer people is all about so i love that you had that experience like growing up and that you never saw like something as like oh alienated or something that's like external that is so nice i wish more people had that opportunity because growing up myself like in a, in a hispanic household like it's it was the opposite they're like no this is wrong and you're not gonna see that and i'm like like maybe if I would have seen it earlier, I wouldn't have to pay that much bill for a therapy, you know, for a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wild. It is interesting. You grew up in Mexico? I grew up in Mexico. I was born and raised in Mexico and I came here in 2012. Oh shit, okay. Yeah, so not, not that long ago. And was it like a big culture shock for you moving? Honestly, yeah. I'm like, why do people smoke, smoke so much weed? <laughs> <laughs> then I got it. I'm like, okay, this is why. You took a hit and then it all made sense. Yeah, everything clicked. But it was a pretty big culture shock because, I mean, the humor is different. Talking language is different. When I came here and I would go to house parties and everyone would make jokes, I would just like uh, nod and, like, and laugh with them. I'm like, oh, yeah whatever <laughs> oh gosh that must have been so hard like it wasn't comfortable but you know what fuck that we're here you're here you've made it you are you are established as a queen in long beach girl you're one of the you're one of the people thank you i'm one of the horse here in long beach one of the myself and missy v <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anybody can be on a level as horish as missy as, v no i aspire <laughs> on that same level oh my god oh my god i'm dead are there any numbers that are like on your to-do list that you're like cooking. I have a couple in the back burner. I always like, I'll think of stupid shit and I'll just write it down a little bit. And then sometimes I forget because I'll just like, I'll type shorthand and then I forget what exactly I'm trying to say. There is like this very iconic ballad that a lot of girls have been doing recently. When you fuck me like is... this. <laughs> I wish. The, the girls that have been doing, it was on um, España. La um, gata bajo la lluvia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to do it. Um, I have a very specific idea 
idea for like a reveal um, that I think would be like sickening. Um, and I'm not gonna say it because <laughs> I feel like- Bitch, mm -hmm. we don't want anybody cupping this know. shit. I have to happen all the time. Not like people stealing my numbers, but just like I'll have an idea for a number and then I'll see it somewhere and it ruins it for me. I'm like, I can't do it. <sighs> I know, I've been there. I'm trying to remember what's, what that I, I wanted to do that I'm like, I saw somewhere else and I'm like, fuck off. I'm not doing this anymore, but it happens. Right now I have in the back burner like a Charlotte Pickles kind of a number. Who's that? Uh, Angelica's mom. Oh, yes, yes, From yes, the Rugrats. Okay. I'm gonna have like a couple of dialogues and be like, Jonathan, which is this is it. Cause she's like the power suit. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah, that, that would be hot. And then be like, I'm a motherfucking woman, <laughs> Well, imagine there's like other alternative drag performers out there or performers that are not traditionally like, you know, traditional drag? I don't know, I guess traditional drag or it's a good way to say it. I feel like traditional, yeah, because yeah, it is like that is the culture. Yeah, so for other tra non-traditional drag performers out there, what is your best advice for them to like get into the scene and get like into uh, into the gigs? To be honest, I would say don't be afraid to compromise sometimes. You may have a really lavish, grand, wonderful idea that in your head is gonna be the most epic thing that you could ever think of. But logistically, sometimes it's not, it's just not gonna work. And if you don't have like the, the willpower behind you or like the people power behind you, sometimes it's okay to just say, okay, you know, this is not gonna be as, as big as I had wanted, but let's just cut a few things so that we can really finesse the parts that do move in it. I think like that would be my biggest advice is like don't take on too much. That's a good advice. And sometimes even for like traditional doc performers, it applies too because we want to make so much within like the five minutes that we have on stage. And it's like, um, yeah, bitch, like it's only you. Yeah. And maybe somebody, some other twink that's helping you. Mm -hmm. Somebody that you pulled at the bar last minute. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot. <laughs> like, hey, at this point of the song, I'm gonna approach you. And that also comes with its, you know, drawbacks. Cause like, especially when you put it on somebody last minute, they're not always gonna do exactly what you want. And now that's okay because you literally just thrusted a stranger a huge responsibility, like as part of your, you know, number. I would say don't take on too much. And then as well, I think find a creative outlet for yourself for drag where you don't feel like you need to conform. Like if you have these numbers that you are like really passionate about and maybe they're not very receptive, girl, put it on YouTube. You're gonna find the other, you know, freaks that love, love that shit. One thing I've really always wanted to do, are you familiar with Insane Clown Posse? I don't think so. What is so they're this like, I think they're, I think they're considered like metal. They're like a metal band and their whole shtick is like they do like clown faces and all of their fans are called like juggalos and juggalettes and they do the whole like clown white face and like just very like traditional clown makeup. I have always wanted to do like a juggalette number because they are so, so funny. <laughs> it's a lot of white trash people. Um, <laughs> You're like right up my alley. Into it generally. So I'm like, that's my people. And it's just like, it's very hilarious, but it's very niche. And I feel like it would not go over well as like a number because I don't think people would understand the reference, but like the small amount of people that would I would live you know I totally get it I have this band uh, it's a Mexican band they do rap and for the most part straight people listen to it but there's this song it's called ecstasy and it's so slutty and I've seen it performed at strip clubs so many times and I'm like I want to do it as a number but no one's gonna fucking get it oh, so frustrating you have to oh I, I would do it like in a in a nightclub like you said like 
at the bar because I want to like strip to it and shake my ass. You should Ugh. do it at Precinct. They have, they're doing like one of those like go-go nights. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I think it's like you can ask to do it and they'll just let you. But they have like, they, they have a pull up for those nights. And like, that would be sickening to see you get up there like, and just hey, shake some shit, you know? Oh my God, but it's, uh, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I wanna do it. I wanna do it so bad. Is it like a nostalgic song for you? It is, because when I lived over there, it was like the song and they would play it everywhere. And every time it would come out, it was like, oh my God, this is my shit. Look it up, it's called Ecstasies. It's by Cartel de Santa. So good. Okay, I might have to take a look. I'm like, it's not like reggaeton. No, it's more like rap. Oh, okay, okay. It's fucking good. I believe it. I love I love music so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little tipsy. We're a little tipsy, and that's totally fine. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's part of drag culture, low-key. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of drugs and alcohol. It is. How do you deal with that? Like, do you, I know that we partake in... in I was going to say, normally I sniff them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a balanced thing, and you have to be cognizant of it. I've definitely had my nights where I've gone way overboard and gotten very messy. And I think... You just have to pull back and go. Um, for those who have the ability to like put that discipline in, that's like the route to go. Some people like it, it does take over you, you know? And so for me, like for a little bit, it definitely, there was a time where I definitely couldn't drink without going overboard every time. So like for me at least, like I learned how to scale back and I learned how to like kind of teach myself to not go as hard. Um, and just especially just like remind myself, yes, this is a club, but as, as a drag queen, it's your business place first. That was a hard lesson I learned like very early on because especially as a baby queen, I was so fucking messy and like just doing whatever I wanted, you know, fairly pissed a lot of people off um, because I just thought I could do whatever I want. And you know, I was not thinking I would get blackout drunk um, and just say shit to people. I, you know, say rude things or just be, you know, vindictive and just like have no idea, like have no accountability for my, for my action. Cause like, I would just get fucked up. <laughs> no, I get it because it's easy to like, get into that you know and just like like you said it's a nightclub it's easy to be like i'm here to drink i'm getting free drinks people's buying me drinks like let's get fucked up but at the end of the day it's like your workplace so you need to like you know keep some composure to it yeah no there was a, a queen in downtown la who like she very honestly gave me like a, a quick little rundown of my behavior and was like if you want to continue in this business, you need to shape up, essentially. Like, she was like, and I'm not trying to be a bitch about it. She was like, I'm just being honest. If you want to see a career and you want to see a future in here, like, you need to tighten up a little bit because you're pissing people off and not in a fun way. Um, and that's not how you get bookings. <laughs> no, literally not. And oh my gosh, who was that? Do you want? Do you feel comfortable sharing? I mean, if she's comfortable with it. It was Rebella Spreads, and like again, it was a very like sincere. Like she was like, if if I didn't care, I wouldn't be telling you this. And so like that, I think that was like a very defining moment for me because I was like, she's right, and like especially too like my behavior had not been you know, up to par, up to, up to snuff. Cause I just get, I would get fucked up. I'd get very anxious. And so I'd just start to drink. And then essentially like, I would just start to get really into drinking. And so I'd just get fucked up. I don't even, you know, a lot of the things that happen, like I don't even remember. And that's the hardest part. To this day, like I have no idea what, what did I do. What yeah. I would do, you know. I know there were. I, <laughs> I have been told there were nights where, like, 
I would be like, oh, hanging off like the bartenders, like being like, oh my god, hi. You know, just being. I mean, a they are shit. very cute at Downton Away. They're very sexy. And, you know, I, I lost my composure as a woman, but, you know, it's okay. And I think that's the thing is just like learning to moderate your behavior and moderate what you're drinking and what you're doing, what you're intaking. But again, it, it, I feel like it's easier said than done. And for me, like, I have had the ability to, like, be able to kind of reel myself in, but I know that that's not the case for everybody in the sense that, like, it can really take over. And it's not just as easy as being like, oh, well, I just won't drink, you know? No, yeah. And it's like, again, it's such a big part of the culture because I think I posted a TikTok a couple of weeks ago about, like, performance anxiety. And a lot of the people in the comments were like, oh, just drink it off or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, it's like a common thing to do. It's not the healthiest thing to do, you know? Like, yeah, we can all do it. We all do it, literally. But honestly, it's not a good thing to like rely on that every time that you're going to perform. Because at the end of the day, if you get booked like, you know, the three, four times a week and you're drinking your nerves off every time, it's not the best. Mm-hmm. And especially too, because then at that point as well, it's like there's going to come a time where you're going to be need to be sober for a performance and if you've been relying on drinking the whole time to ease your nerves you're gonna be fucked in a situation where you can't drink or that's not an option so like you have to learn how to stifle those those fears and like those insecurities without like the use of substances because i feel like that is where it starts like the long road because you build this like dependence on it that's why it's worse honestly all I this couldn't have said it better from a queen named after an alcohol, but <laughs> <laughs> all this cheers to, to, to drunken. Munchen, <laughs> <laughs> I ask all my guests these questions. What are some of your short-term goals in drag and long-term goals in drag? I want to do a porno. A porno in uh-huh. drag? I would love to do like either like a fisting video of me getting fisted in drag or, or just something like that. Like, I think it would be so much fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I think it's fun. I think it's porn is like kind of part of gay culture because, you know, like it is it is a big industry for us. And I just, I, I think it'd be fun. I think I'm, I could look very sexy. I think people would buy it. A hundred percent. I'd buy a copy at least. And that's, you know, that's me. So. (laughs) I love it. That's the first time that I've heard about this. Like about being like the star of a porn. Because I've been wanting, I want to do like a, like a guest role in a porn. Like, you know, like Bianca did. I think Manila Luzon or Faramon did like little support roles. Mimi I'm First was uh, Hagrid in the Harry Potter one a couple years ago. It was like Harry Potter and the, the Angry Wand or something. Angry 11 inch or something. I didn't know that from Men.com because I know Men.com was the, all, all that campy shit. I don't think Men.com booked her. I think it was somebody else. Nice <laughs> it was Chatterbait, you know. It was probably, yeah. It was X2. It was, it was her own production. Uh, no, but I, I love that. Like, is that like a, the short-term goal or like a, a long-term goal? I would say a little more long-term, like probably in the next five to ten years. Because also, too, like I'd want my body right, like... You know, I'd have to get my anus bleached. I'd have to. You have to. You know. You have to. There are just certain standards. I won't shave for drag, but I will bleach my ass. For porn and drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And what about the short-term goals, like maybe for this year? For this year, um, I want to host my own private event. That's something that I've, like, really been wanting to do. Um, and my goal is to, like, have it self-funded, which is why it's taking some time. <laughs> oh, girl, it's fine. It's fine, girl. We're all struggling. 
because there's a very cute venue I found. It's in, I want to say Burbank or Glendale, which is like my only drawback because I'm like, I'm not sure how many people will want to get a ride out there. But it's a very cute venue and it would be fully private. So like, no, you know, we could do whatever. All the assholes will be out. Literally. <laughs> I love that. And like, it was like a rave party or what kind of like a... Yeah, like a rave party, a drag show. Like mainly I'd want to make sure that there's like a drag show that is very just indicative of the drag scene here. Because I feel like LA honestly has some of the like the best and the most varied acts. Like we have everybody. Everything from like beauty and pageant to like something that's shocking and like... Wow. Mm-hmm. And we also do, like, I feel like we have a good batch of drag kings out there as well. And I feel like that is a difference. It would be great for them to get booked more. Please book drag kings. Please Seriously. Do. Yeah. Because, like, there is so much talent in the drag king community. And I feel like it is not recognized or appreciated enough. Because I feel like if you're a queer person going to a drag show, you want the drag show to look like your community. And I, I think... You know, we have a wonderful bevy of, like, drag queens here. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that anybody doesn't deserve a booking. But I would love to go to a drag show and feel like everybody's involved and everybody is seen. No, I 100% agree with you. Book you know? <laughs> Book more drag kings, period. That's, that's the moral of the story. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> this four loco is really getting to me, y'all. I'm, I'm very... Um, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm, re- you know, I'm glad I don't have to drive anywhere. Never drink and drive. Listen, don't drink and drive. Just sip and swerve. If there's one thing the late and great Nomi B taught us all. I love her. I love her. Nomi is like one of my favorite performers. She's my drag mother too. Our drag mother. Our drag mother. I remember, I think one of the first times seeing Nomi was that Executive Suites with Paradisa. And just like, oh, the energy and the effervescence. And like, she's just in a little bob, you know, the little Nomi B bob. Yeah, I hated the bob. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I fucking hated that bob. Nomi, if you're listening to this, you probably are. I hated that bob. I love it. I, I especially love it when you would take it off and throw it at people. <laughs> so what, she got an attitude? <laughs> I do love Nomi. And what I love the most about her is that like... She would like follow the music if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if the song had like a little check check, she would do like the check check with like her body. So I was like, oh, that's so smart. I always tell new drag performers that. I was like, um, I judged in a competition a couple of weeks ago, and one of the competitors was like, what can I do to like improve my my drag performances? And I'm like, listen to the music. Like your song had a lot of like little moments so like follow them with your body that's that would make the difference a hundred percent yeah because i forgot what no like, i forgot what song it is i think it's one of doja cats but where nomi goes she does a little i fucking love that shit every time so good a fucking legend moonshine we're almost coming to an end where can people find you on social media where can people follow you all that gigorama on all my socials um i'm on tiktok don't post anything yet that's gonna be that you know what that's the short-term goal is to actually post something on tiktok but um you can find me on tiktok on twitter on instagram um it's at it's just moonshine like literally the words it's just moonshine 
I have to explain that because I always say it's just moonshine and the people are like, oh, okay, so just moonshine. And I'm like, no. No, no, Becky. It's <laughs> Well, see, I'm like, I thought I was being so clever because I changed my Instagram. Um, it used to be like bootleg moonshine and people kept thinking that my drag name was bootleg. And I was like, girl, that's so ugly. Like that sound, I may look like a brick, but my name does not reflect that, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, well, let me be smart. I'm going to change my, you know, my all my apps to it's just moonshine to really drive the point home. And of course, it didn't work. You know, another failed attempt. I love it. Follow Moonshine. Honestly, you're not gonna fucking regret it. If you can see her live, she's probably gonna do something crazy, but you're gonna live for that. I promise. And keep an eye out in the near future. I'm one of my things is like I want to start releasing a little bit of merch. So I want to do my own beer line, just like home homebrew. So keep just an eye like out. Moonshine homebrewed. <laughs> I didn't know that. I would live for like a beer line. No no other drag queen has like an alcohol line except for like RuPaul, obviously. Oh, and like, yeah, I was going to say the Ru girls, but you know, that's established. You that's want some established. local exactly. Long Beach made. Support local drag. Well, Garden Grove made, but you know, imported to Long Beach. There is a, um, LA has like a Drag King's brunch. Oh, Dapper me... Puss. Dapper Puss. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. Hosted by Johnny Gentleman. Shout out to Johnny. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Nacho Daddy. Yes, Ignacio Daddy. Uh, one of the sexiest drag kings. Honestly, like, they made me kind of wet. Not gonna lie. So I was very, I was very hot and bothered. Anything else, Motion, do you want to share with the world, with the 35 people that would listen to this? You know, okay, I, this is like, if you can queef, if you could DM me, uh, a sound of you queefing, I'm working on, like, a little project, so, like, please DM me if you have any, like, if you fart from your vagina, please, please send me a clip. It does not have to be video. Um, in fact, I would probably prefer it not to be. Although, no, no, I would prefer it to be video. But it doesn't have to. It be. doesn't have to be. Please, please, please send it to me and I'll send over the waiver. <laughs> one. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chao Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.